What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What is going on, Ethos Lakers fam? And I am excited to be here with you, not on a solo episode with me, but this is actually going to be a solo episode with Ethan. I just wanted to hop on on the intro to explain to you what's about to happen with this episode. So Ethan sent me a pre-recorded episode right as the Shams bomb dropped about LeBron's foot. And so he then sent me an addendum to that previous recording. So you're going to hear two different recordings in addition to my voice. But while I'm here, man, what a fantastic comeback against the Mavericks on Sunday. I could not be more excited to have watched that game. I don't think I've wanted a regular season win more than the Cavaliers over the Warriors in 2016. But this is Ethan's show and on with his episode. Well, obviously, this is less than ideal, to say the very least. Now learning, of course, moments after the initial recording that LeBron James is going to miss what seems like a very extended period of time with what is being called a right foot injury. And I am sure it will be treated like Anthony Davis's where The Lakers will purposely be as ambiguous and nebulous as possible as they move forward, calling LeBron day to day. Look, obviously, this is horrific news on the whole. This is the least invited development possible for the Lakers, short of multiple injuries to multiple players. That said... The Lakers have shown the ability to win without LeBron James, even before this roster was constructed. And this just goes to really fuel the points that you will hear shortly regarding Anthony Davis and Rui Hachimura really needing to step up for these Lakers now in very different ways. Of course, the Lakers' newfound depth is also going to help offset the loss of LeBron James, but no matter what the roster construction is, there is no questioning LeBron James' absence will have an impact on the Lakers' push to get themselves in proper playoff positioning. That's five Ps in a row. The bigger concern besides this most recent injury, which is a non-contact foot injury, not good for a basketball player is that LeBron has now suffered multiple injuries to both feet this season. And as immortal as his greatness may be, like all of ours, unfortunately, his body is not. As the Lakers move forward without LeBron James, we will find out exactly what this team's makeup truly is and what the future could look like in both the short and the long term. Sit back, relax. No, LeBron is not coming back anytime soon, but the Lakers certainly have the depth to push forward and continue a noble quest into playoff contention. Lonnie Walker, your number is about to re-enter the rotation. 
Enjoy the podcast. Well, one thing is for sure, this is a different Lakers team than we've seen before. Welcome back to the Ethos Lakers podcast, where we're fresh on the heels of learning that LeBron James will be out for Tuesday's game, but that was never really the question coming off of that enormous comeback victory against Dallas. The question is more about how long LeBron James will have to miss beyond just the Lakers next game, and we'll get into that shortly. But I want to welcome everyone into a solo edition here with Ethan. And look, the reality is these are a different Lakers than what we were so accustomed to, so treated to earlier this season, where it clearly just wasn't working. Jared Vanderbilt's MVP season is here. Now, obviously not MVP, but in all reality, just to have a player like this, to have these role players who have played large roles, Vanderbilt, Beasley, Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder is playing better because D'Angelo Russell is on the team. And even though D'Angelo Russell is probably going to miss another game or two at least, Schroeder has continued to step up as that point guard for the time being. And now everyone's going to have to step up, especially Anthony Davis. And, you know, Lakers really need the version of Anthony Davis that they had earlier in the season before he was forced to miss all of that time with his own foot injury. And as far as LeBron is concerned, look, he's he's been having issues with his feet all season. And people can't seem to figure out Why beyond just, uh, well, you know, he's old. Well, think of the wear and tear that his feet have taken over his lifetime. I mean, obviously, that sounds so ridiculous to say aloud, but I feel like we have to mention it. And, you know, the concerning part of it, right, is when LeBron fell to the court, you heard him say, I heard a pop, I heard a pop, I heard a pop with the ankle. And then you see him after the game when Jared Vanderbilt is in the post-game tunnel and LeBron walks by him and they do their handshake and LeBron just walks by him feeling good. I know obviously adrenaline is running at that point and, you know, the injury hasn't had an opportunity to hit LeBron because he did have a limp on the way out. But the reality is these Lakers are better equipped to handle LeBron's absence under this construction than at any other point they've been during this regular season. Now, whether or not they do is a different story because Unfortunately, their schedule doesn't get any easier. So the vibes are very good around the Lakers right now, and rightfully so. They've played very well since the trade deadline. The only real negative for this team going right now, besides health concerns, is the fact that Lonnie Walker, to me, looks like someone who checked out a little bit. And it's hard to blame him because he was playing such an important role for these Lakers prior, and now he's not playing really at all. In fact, you know, he's, he's barely getting off the bench. So look, we've, we kind of overlook sometimes that there's a human element to all of this. And I know when players make millions of dollars and travel all over the world and, you know, they have these luxurious amenities and on and on and on that there's not a real space for empathy or compassion. But at the end of the day, they are humans. The Lakers aren't going to be able to re-sign Lonnie Walker anyway to the value he's going to get on the free agent market. I think the maximum deal they can offer Lonnie because of uh, how they acquired him is only about four years and 30 to $35 million. And as a result of that, you know, Lonnie is, is almost certainly 
destined to go elsewhere, kind of comparable to the Malik Monk situation. But now the Lakers are even better equipped to handle those types of potential departures because, again, he's not even playing right now. So the Lakers enter Tuesday's game in a situation where they can really put some pressure into that play-in tournament. The vibes are high. Everybody's feeling good. But they have to continue to put that pedal to the metal. I mean, to say that their comeback against Dallas was unbelievable is just sort of an understatement, right? Because the reality is it was it was more than unbelievable. I mean, it was literally, they were down 27 points at one point. I mean, in the first quarter, they were down 20 plus alone. And you just kind of looked at it and said, oh man, in Dallas, it's just going to be one of those nights again, you know, despite this, this reconstructed lineup where the vibes were still good going into the game. And then they just sort of chipped away at it, chipped away, chipped it, chipped away at it. And Jared Vanderbilt, I mean, the third quarter, I know he finished with a fat stat line, but basically the game was the third quarter. He had eight and eight with three steals just in that quarter alone. And that's really what propelled the Lakers forward is these these heart and grit and effort and balls and sweat kind of play where these where these players are really just leaving it all on the court. And it's not something we have become accustomed to, but the Lakers have now won three in a row. And look, the that's sort of the optimist side. The more pessimistic side, besides the health concerns, say, yeah, you beat a New Orleans team that didn't have Zion Williamson. You, you beat a Golden State team that didn't have Stephen Curry. And you got past a Dallas team, you know, be, even though you fell down 27 points. And, you know, that, that last part of it is, and I, and I say this pessimist point because, you know, I had the opportunity to watch some daytime programming prior to coming on and, and taping this podcast. And some of the, the midday sports coverage is just comical. It's like they're, they're, people just invent reasons to be concerned about nothing. And I know content is everything. Content is king. Anything for cheap plays of content in the moment, right? Can't miss a viral moment at the expense of looking like a fool, not even an hour later. But the reality is that's the social media age that we live in. And we all contribute to it to a certain extent. Anyway, before I go off on that tangent, Okay. To criticize the Lakers for falling down just to come back. I mean, you can't really criticize the team. But yeah, you can you can critique the way they came out to play because they certainly didn't look ready. That's fair. But otherwise, you know, the Lakers, what I see is a Lakers team that's that's beat the Pelicans convincingly. And I'm not so convinced that Zion's presence in that game alone would have actually changed the score. Golden State, they did what they had to do. And to win in Dallas, I don't care how it happens, with not only Luka but now Kyrie on that team, win in Dallas is a tough place to play. Okay, and after Luca went off for, for I think it was 12 or 14 points in that first quarter, they really clamped him down the rest of the game. So that was very impressive, no matter how you slice it. So no critique for Lakers there. That said, as I was saying about the schedule upcoming, you got Memphis, OKC, Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis, all before they start playing a, a couple teams in the Eastern Conference, Toronto and the Knicks, right, going into mid-March. So right now, this is a really, it truly is a season-defining stretch. I mean, look, they, there's only so many games left on the schedule to, to begin with. But even beyond that, I mean, they're playing these teams that are directly in front of them in the playoff picture and can really impact seeding when it comes down to it. Because in terms of Lakers and where they are, you know, the, the space, again, from the sixth seed right now, or really, if you want to go one higher, from the fifth seed to the 12th seed is only three total games. 5th to 12th, that's how packed the Western Conference is. All those teams include the Clippers, the Mavs, the Warriors, the Jazz, uh, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Blazers, and, of course, the Lakers. And OKC is right behind the Lakers as well. So they're right there in the mix, too. So you got basically the entire conference with the exception of the top four teams and the bottom two teams all in the middle smack dab looking for seeding on any given night. So it's going to be a really exciting uh, finish to the season, 
not just for Lakers, but really for the entire league. And it's so great to have this level of parity, especially in the Western Conference, because, man, it just it just drives viewership of this league that's so star-powered. And it's great, man, to see in a conference that not only includes, obviously, LeBron James and Anthony Davis with the Lakers, but Damian Lillard going for 71 in Portland, New Orleans with, with Brandon Ingram, and hopefully Zion Williamson able to get himself back on the court. Minnesota, I think, has got to figure it out, but they got, the, obviously, Anthony Edwards there, but I don't know, they're not, they don't know who they are as a team, right? Uh, Utah's a rebuilding project, but they're playing out, out of their socks, and they're probably going to fall a little bit more, but that's still the Lowry marketing story has been tremendous uh, for Utah. Golden State, obviously champs, right? De- dealing with some health issues, but coming off of the NBA championship, Dallas with Luka, now Kyrie, PG and, and Kawhi with the Clippers, Durant, Booker, and CP3 in Phoenix, Sacramento, Darren Fox blossoming into a superstar with DeMonte Zabonis, Memphis, John Morant, you already know, and Denver, obviously, Nikola Jokic going for a third straight MVP title. I mean, the Western Conference is just, it's a bloodbath. It's amazing how how competitive and how just unbelievable uh, it's shaping up to be with this with this playoff picture. I mean, just thinking about it, that's that's really what I, why I hope, you know, obviously beyond just hoping the Lakers are in the playoff picture because I want them to be in the playoffs. Like, I just, I want to have real investment in this postseason, you know, beyond just a fan of watching NBA basketball. I just... It's an exciting group to be a part of. It's it's really anything could happen type of feel. So anyhow, before the Lakers can get into that picture, they're gonna have to overcome the absence of LeBron James. I'm 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 very unconvinced, for lack of a better word, that the, that LeBron is only going to miss one game. I know that he's going to do just about everything you know that that he's able to in order to get back on. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The court... But the reality is, you know, this 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 felt like an injury that might cost him a couple of games. So, you know, if, if the Lakers, if the Lakers are looking at if the Lakers are looking at a situation where he is going to miss multiple games, I mean, you, you got you you gotta figure, right? They they're playing at Memphis. So they got two they got back to back on the road at Memphis, at OKC. You hold out maybe a little bit of hope, but, I mean, I, I would be surprised if LeBron was available for that second of a back-to-back. And then you look at March 3rd versus Minnesota at home and March 5th, Golden State, and then again versus Memphis at home, three straight at home after those two on the road. So you hope LeBron is back by that first road game March 3rd, but it's very much wait-and-see mode. In the interim, like I said, Anthony Davis has to go into that beast mode that we saw from him earlier in the season before he was struck with his own injury. And I do think it is possible that he's capable of doing that because that's what we saw for this team in terms of when uh, you know LeBron hasn't been playing at what we were had been accustomed to 
come around the new year, right? December, January. I mean, he was he was really balling because he had to carry this team. I mean, there was no other option than LeBron doing everything, right? I mean, that that was the option. So now it becomes Anthony Davis's turn, his responsibility, his priority to really make sure that he steps into those shoes and he says, "All right, I do whatever's possible for this team." And the good the good thing is is that he he's been able to do that. I mean, he's shown us this year that he is capable of being the Lakers best player, especially at both ends of the court. And that's that's where he makes his most impact. When he's really uh, active and a true difference maker defensively is when he's at his best offensively. So, case in point, in the win against Dallas, AD had three blocks and a steal, very active at the defensive end. He was a plus 16. He had 30 points and 15 rebounds. And over the last handful of games, we've seen some of that come back with him. I mean, he's really been hitting the glass hard since the middle of February. It's it's clearly been a priority of his. He's got 15 plus rebounds in more than half of those games. And so for AD, you know, to continue to hit the glass, to get those easy baskets, those put-back dunks, all those sorts of things, spend less time floating around the perimeter, you'd love to see that sort of thing. And I want Anthony Davis to really reestablish himself offensively without LeBron James in lineup so there, so it doesn't happen where he only takes five shots in a game. Now, I, the Lakers won that game, so it wasn't a storyline, but had they not, that would have been a much bigger storyline because Anthony Davis got to take at least 15 shots, and without Le- LeBron James in lineup, he should be closer to the 20 shots. Mark, especially if D'Angelo Russell is going to continue to miss some time. So that's where the Lakers sort of stand now, now that we got everything in in a firmer picture. And Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, I mean, that that trade, okay. So I I came on here and I talked about how in a vacuum, Russell Westbrook moving him out and it only costing one first-round pick. But to acquire Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, and Malik Beasley. And I can't believe I'm leading with Jared Vanderbilt's name, but here we are, okay? But to acquire those three players who are just such really strong fits on this roster in terms of how it's constructed. There are... It is such a it is such a clear blueprint in terms of what can work successfully and sustainably on both ends of the court around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And now that this Lakers front office can see it, I, I really hope that they don't deviate from it again. And it's been interesting to to track the progress and the chemistry, sort of what Jared Vanderbilt was talking about recently in his post-game appearance after Dallas and, you know, how he can feel the chemistry improving with every game. This feels, this team now, it's so early to believe, but early is late in the game, unfortunately, at this point. I think if this team were together to begin the season, you'd be thinking about a team that wouldn't be talking about play-in. They'd be talking about what seed they'd be in in the top you know, top half of the Western Conference. That's how that's how well and how versatile they are right now in terms of their, their playing together. But in terms of just how it feels to watch this team, they feel much more emblematic of the 2020 squad that, that won the championship in the bubble than what we've seen in either of the last two seasons. So to go back to the trade, right, because you, you had to send something out for Russell Westbrook. So you traded a first-round pick, Montrez Harrell, KCP, and Kyle Kuzma for Russell Westbrook, okay? So... Now, in order to get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, you've traded Russell Westbrook, two first-round picks, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, and Montrez Harrell. So that's sort of the way to look at it if you really want to trace it out like that. But 
All of that is to say, the way that the Lakers are currently constructed just makes significantly more sense than what we have seen in the last couple of seasons. And so as a result, it's not really a surprise that they're playing a lot better. I mean, Rui Hachimura was the headline in terms of the trade acquisition for two weeks for this team before the trade deadline. Now he's playing, you know, up up to 20 minutes a game, but no more than that. And I still think that Rui can can carve out a larger role on this group. And I think he should be given the opportunity to carve out a larger role in this group, especially when they go with a lineup that's a little bit bigger. I, th- I think that could create some interesting mismatches on both ends of the court. But Rui also has to continue to assert himself. He needs to continue to improve his outside shot. And he needs to continue to give sustainable effort on the defensive end. So if he does all those things, there is that path forward. But with Austin, I mean, with Austin Reeves, with... Um, you know, guys like Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, let's just talk about Jared Vanderbilt for a minute. You could tell that I was excited to talk to you guys about all of this because I all these thoughts are swirling around in my brain right now. Jared Vanderbilt has been such a blessing for this team. I mean, he is, first of all, he is just like the coolest dude in the room, right? I love his style, I love his swag. He's got great poise. He is so committed to who he is, and you love that in an individual. And I wish I rocked that level of confidence when I was young, younger, as young as he was. Excuse me. But at this point, for him to be able to step into that, despite the fact that he's been traded so many different times, and he's not questioning himself, but instead he's leaning into it, saying like, oh, all right, I guess I just got to prove myself a little more, Right? I love that for him. I love that for, in this case, I love that for the Lakers because that's exactly what's been happening. He has just been taking on a larger role as he's continued to get acclimated for this team. And, you know, it's clear Lakers aren't afraid to put him in big situations. Malik Beasley, I mean, of course, shooters and scorers are always a little bit hot and cold to a certain extent. I mean, shooters in particular, and that's what he is. I would say Malik Beasley is more more of a shooter than a scorer in terms of how he plays at the NBA level. So when he shoots well, he scores well. Right. But he's not going to get 25 because he shoots two of 10 from three. It would be unusual for him. I love that he's coming to this role because the Lakers have been looking for a player like that for a long time. And I think it's reduced the need for them to explore the buyout market. Like I thought Will Barton would be a really natural fit for this team, given the way it's constructed. But the reality is, if Lonnie Walker can't get minutes, why should Will Barton? Right. So and Wenyan Gabriel, I mean, shout out to him as well. He's obviously taking a backseat. You know, Mo Bamba barely played in the win against Dallas, but I think that was more of a matchup thing. But Mobile has also got to stop fouling everybody in existence. That's the other part of his game. That's been his struggle so far at the at the NBA level in particular. But I, I mean, Wenyon has just been this this team's greatest cheerleader. And I mean, the the chemistry. I don't know about on the court. I'm sure it could be better. But it looks good, and the camaraderie feels good. Even just from watching it on TV, it feels good. And I think that's the biggest thing as these as this team continues to move forward because. This is a group that can build together. They, they have enough of vet and vets and young guys in this interesting mix all together where, you know, especially if D'Angelo Russell winds up staying around, it's not just this half season rental. Right? And I think it, it, it makes some level of sense uh, for, for D'Angelo Russell to, to stick around. But I also want to see more from D'Angelo Russell. It's only been, you know, a handful of games so far. So as the Lakers move forward in this short term, 
obviously to say that they have to prioritize winning is stupid because of course they have to prioritize winning. They have to win like every game. <laughs> They're not going to win every game on the rest of their schedule. I'd be surprised. It would be the greatest story of the season, but you know, that's the priority is winning games. Obviously the Lakers don't have any time to screw around. And as a result of that, you know, sort of they're at, you know, you, you think about games at this juncture of the season, like the last second loss to the Pacers, uh, you know, c- close, close losses that should have been wins. Obviously, the game against Boston, they got screwed. Uh, they got screwed in, in a couple of, you know, last minute foul situations. Um, and so those those types of things you you really think about in terms of how the Lakers could be positioned differently. But there's nothing to be done about it. It's 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 ultimately neither here nor there because it's a moot point. It's kind of like the last two minute report. Yeah, you, they know they 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 screwed it up, but nothing happens beyond that. There's no change to the result of the game. So what's what's the difference? The Lakers can control their own destiny because there's going to be enough in front of them where they're capable of doing that. They're capable. They're going to need help, obviously, in order to in order to get where they want to go. They're not going to be able to do it alone, but they control their own destiny in terms of where their where their positioning is going to be amidst the madness because of all that parity and all and all that competition that's directly in front of them. So as as the Lakers continue to evolve as a group. What I hope for, especially in LeBron's short-term absence, is, you know, you, you need those role players to continue stepping into larger roles. You need Malik Beasley to shot to keep falling. You need Jared Vanderbilt to be active as he has been at both ends. Anthony Davis to reestablish himself as the monster that we know he can be. And then you need guys like, you know, Austin Reeves to, to be aggressive like he has been when he's been out there. You know, this would be a great time for Rui Hachimura to really step up. I mean, I think about like trading for Rui. This would be such a good moment for Rui to just come out against Memphis, help the Lakers win that game, have like a 20 point night or, you know, 15 and 10, something where he makes a clear impact in the game and its result. It would feel really good for Rui Hachimura to do that. And, and you hope that the Lakers can, you know, sort of survive in advance, especially because playing in Memphis is a tough task for anyone. But, you know, Ja is, is that dude. But I think Andy Davis has the opportunity to possibly really, 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 really set the tone early. Uh, and the Lakers need to be aggressive on, on defense. They can't allow Memphis to feel comfortable in their own skin because if that's the result, they're going to dictate the game for more than just, you know, the first 12 minutes. And, you know, after that, the Lakers, OKC is is on this back-to-back. OKC is a tough squad, man. They're, they're young. They're scrappy. They don't know any better. SGA is proving why he was the centerpiece of that PG trade. And he ultimately, and when it's all said and done, you might be saying, I'd rather have SGA's career than PG's, but we'll see, right? But SGA has been balling. Josh Giddy is super interesting. Uh you know, we'll we'll see how the the both Williamses uh, they they play hard. I mean, they're just a young, scrappy Coco kind of team. Scrappy Coco. That's that's just for you, Spencer. That particular phrase is just for you, buddy. <laughs> and uh, it's it's the reality of the situation for the Lakers is they just have to they really have to step into who they are without LeBron James available. There is no bailout button. And this is a really great time for Anthony Davis to show that he is the leader of the present and the future. It's a great time for Rui Hachimura to show why the Lakers traded for him. 
And this continues to be a good time why Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Austin Reeves, these guys show why they're ready to play in the purple and gold and why why they're why they are those dudes just like Austin Reeves told Josh Green he was. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Alright? I look forward to be with you guys soon. Until next time, follow me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Nora. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Lakers. And I'll talk to you guys real soon. I'm out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.